Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Expand and Impact podcast. This is a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you and where we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. Women often come to me because of how they are feeling emotionally and how overwhelmed they are with their to-do list and this feeling that keeps coming up of never having enough time to do everything that they want to do, that they need to do, that they simply desire to do, and this loop of exhaustion and anxiety that they just can't shake, even when they do for that moment, even when there's those moments of grounding and calm and ease that never seem to fully last. They're running on overdrive in their life, and with the weight of their goals and their responsibilities and other people's needs and expectations on their shoulders. And some of the things that we end up touching upon together when we are in our sessions is how to have better relationships with friends, colleagues, family, and the root of some of the anger and frustration and inner imbalance and turmoil that seems to keep coming up and resurrecting even in those moments where you feel like you're progressing and then suddenly you feel like you've taken 10 steps back again. There is a reason why this happens and often, well very seldomly actually, do people come to me wanting to improve their relationships. It's usually something that we end up covering anyway because we are social beings and are not without relationship in our life. We're supposed to be living amongst people, we work with people, we have families, and whether we're aware of it or not, all of these aspects of our life, professional and personal, are interconnected. And how we show up in our work is often how we show up in our personal relationships and in our personal life, and vice versa. How we show up in our personal life and how we're feeling, often we carry through to our work as well. The more at home and at peace you feel within your ability to navigate your emotions in all areas of your life, the more flow, freedom, ease, and joy you will find in all areas of your life. I know this sounds like a cliche, but it's really not. There are so many modern and ancient practices that help bring us back into an internal alignment, except we are so used to leading and thinking with our intellectual brain that anything that seems maybe too simple seems like it's not worth pursuing and dedicating the time to. We often think that we need to do some big, convoluted, complicated thing to get the results that we want. And I want to offer an example of how simple very seldomly means easy. So take meditation, for example, right? The act of meditation itself is pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy, right? You sit down, close your eyes, and focus your mind. But anyone who has ever tried meditation knows that it is not easy, especially in the beginning. And even after years and years of meditation, 
when you're experiencing internal and emotional turmoil, it doesn't feel easy. And it's sometimes harder to reach that meditative, calm, and centered state, even with all of your years of experience. Because inevitably, our outside world impacts our internal world, and our internal world impacts our external world. These two things are continuously interconnected. And our nervous system, which is a loop of continuous feedback from our body to our mind, is picking up signals constantly to make sure that we are safe, even if logically we know we're safe, our body may be picking up threats that are telling us otherwise. And so, back to my point, meditation seems simple, but anyone who's meditated knows that it's quite difficult and that sometimes it even feels like torture. I know that sounds super dramatic. And when I first started meditating, like over 10 years ago, I remember how heavy my thoughts felt and eventually how emotional I would be sitting in my practice because I gave myself that space, even when it felt hard, for things to come up. And it's only in the stillness of life, when we cultivate that stillness intentionally, can we connect with the things that we are holding on to subconsciously, holding on to the memories, the experiences that still have a grip in us and are in some way, shape, or form guiding our decisions, they're motivating our emotions, and are really making it difficult to bridge the gap between how we want to feel and what we know is possible and how we are actually experiencing our life and every day. And something that happens is we kind of shame ourselves and society shames us for wanting to experience deeper contentment and deeper peace. You know, this isn't something that we are encouraged to aspire towards. And I'm remembering this John Lennon quote. When I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment, and I told them that they didn't understand life. And so as humans, we have these deep, deep, innate desires and even needs to reach a space of inner self-trust, inner connection, inner peace. But sometimes it feels selfish wanting those things. Sometimes it feels selfish prioritizing our own pleasure and personal development because it doesn't align with what is expected of us. And it also doesn't align with, you know, like ambitious goals that we're taught to want. And it doesn't align with the example of success around us, which is usually associated with material success, status, status symbols, and rising in your career or making a lot of money or having a lot of material possessions. And so our mind seeks to understand other people and ourselves and life through intellectual means, but we cannot fix a problem with the same way that it was created. And a lot of our problems and a lot of our internal strife is created through our thinking, through the stories that we hold, through the things that we focus on. And this is a muscle that we can train. But it's not only isolated in the mind because we have 
a body beneath the neck that holds an infinite amount of wisdom. And within this body, there are memories stored that we may not have conscious awareness of that we may get triggered along the way. So you may have had those experiences where you're feeling on edge and you're feeling like something is off and you notice yourself maybe getting frustrated, emotional, angry, anxious, but logically you can't pinpoint why that's happening because you may be around friends that you know for a long time, you may be around your partner, you may be by yourself, maybe nothing has actually really changed in your schedule, but somehow your body and you are reacting to life in this way that doesn't make sense. Those situations alone are showing us that there is another skill set that we must learn, which is going beyond the thinking mind and really coming into resonance with the wisdom that is within our body and the things that our emotions are pointing to. So anxiety, for example, is not a personality trait contrary to popular belief. There are many of these self-defense mechanisms that we hold, whether it's drinking a lot, anxiety, eating disorders, rationalizing things and finding excuses or even repressing our emotions, maybe denying certain situations, denying our experience. Maybe we've been told that we don't feel how we were actually feeling when we were younger. So now we are used to saying things like, oh, it's fine. Or when we have an experience that doesn't quite fit with what we understand around our environment, it makes it difficult to validate ourselves and justify that actually we have a right to our experience as it is. Some other common defense mechanisms could be, you know, people pleasing. It could be perfectionism. It could be what others call self-sabotage, which I have an opinion on. It's not actually self-sabotage, but that's a topic for another day. Anxiety, like I mentioned, procrastination, overachieving, or feeling the need to take care of everyone around you and consider their needs before you consider your own. That's also another way we bypass our current experience. And there are so many others that manifest within us and within our life that we've normalized and call personality traits or say that this is just the way we are. But actually, our inherent state is of alignment. And what does alignment mean? It means less resistance. It means more autonomy. It means feeling and being in control of our emotional responses, of being compassionate, of being understanding of others, of feeling a deep inner sense of grounding and inner peace and contentment. And even when the world around you is feeling chaotic, you have a deep anchor within yourself and an unshakable self-trust that you can persevere through any challenge or tribulation that you face without losing yourself in it, without it meaning something about you or without it meaning something about the world or other people. And so we normalize these things and look for complex ways of trying to reach our goals. But actually, a lot of the practices, especially the ones that I teach through the neuroscience lens, the somatic lens, psychology, and spirituality as well, yoga, meditation, these yogic tools and techniques, all encompassed together, they're quite simple. But simple does not mean easy. And so even the simplest tools 
feel challenging to practice and implement and create a habit out of when you are not used to doing them. Meditation is challenging when you are not used to doing it. Tuning into your body and noticing a trigger before it happens, noticing your nervous system start to become dysregulated inch by inch by inch, and being able to interject and intervene to bring yourself back into a calm space is uncomfortable. And it's at first really confronting and challenging, even though the act itself sounds simple. And so it's easy to shame ourselves for it or to feel guilty. A lot of the ladies that I work with often feel guilty for resting. And I'm wondering if you can relate to that because that has been also my reality for a really long time. Rest in itself is easy, right? Like you lay down, you relax, you know, unwind. All of these words that we hear. So why is it difficult to do? Why is there guilt attached to it? And there's many reasons why. There's the environmental, there's the body memories, there's what we've been taught, there's what we observed in our families, the beliefs that we hold. Oftentimes, the energy and motivation that motivates our goals, that pushes us to make certain decisions and to want and aspire towards certain ideals, stems from what we were taught to want, a fear of failure, and letting others down, those three things. What we were taught to want, fear of failure, and letting others down. And these, in their core essence, are really, really big and valid fears. Because who wants to be a failure? No one aspires for that. Who wants to let others down? I don't know any person that wants that. And also, how can we know what we've been taught versus what we really want? How does that feel in our body? How does that show up? One of the things that I love to teach and I love to practice in my own life is really noticing my emotional reactions and using them as an indicator to see if I am making decisions with my thinking brain and from this perspective of what I want, or if I am tuning in and honing in on what I actually want. Because the things that you want, you feel unshakable certainty for. But often, ideas that were implanted in our minds about what we should want, what we should aspire towards, what should make us happy, how we should feel, leave an emotional charge and an emotional residue that feels really confusing for us when we're not having the emotional experience that we think we should be having. So a good example in this situation is getting a promotion or getting a pay raise or finally, you know, starting a romantic relationship and you reach this goal that you had for yourself. And when you reach it, you automatically add another one to the list so you don't stop to actually appreciate and celebrate how far you've come and where you are, or it doesn't feel as happy as you thought it should, which is another thing that pushes us towards constantly striving and reaching for more, because when we're with the present, 
it doesn't feel how we thought it should. So by wanting something else and striving towards something else and constantly looking into the future or looking for different ways to improve ourselves, we are bypassing the present moment and our present experience, thinking that something outside of right here, right now is going to be the solution to our problems. And when we can get it, when we can get there, then we will be happy. Then we will feel calm. Then we will have control over our emotions. Then the patterns that we want to shift will happen. Then we will start thinking clearly and we won't have negative self-talk. Then we won't react in anger. Then we will be able to uphold our boundaries. Then we will be able to have really healthy conflict resolution. You know, these things that really make life and your existence successful. Learning to commune with other people, learning to commune with yourself, learning to coexist in a way where you don't have to sacrifice your wants and your needs for someone or something else, where you can meet your own needs while also being open and compassionate and understanding towards the people and environment around you. And really coming from that aligned place internally and that deep self-trust and inner knowing that you can handle whatever life throws at you and that you have the flexibility in your mind and in your system to adapt, to figure it out, and to come back to a place of wholeness, of peace, and that that is your natural state. It's not all of these defenses that we experience. It's not the moments that we wobble. Our natural state is one where we don't experience resistance. It's one that even when we need to make a hard decision, we feel internally steady. The world can be shaking around us, but internally we feel anchored. And there are certain skills that we need to learn and unlearn at the same time to be able to come to this place in a sustainable way where it's not fleeting where we can always pull on it. And also to practice compassion and self-forgiveness when we aren't able to access those more calm and clear and confident and courageous parts of ourselves. But knowing that when we continue forward on our journey and keep learning and keep practicing and keep reevaluating. And keep tuning into this moment right now. How am I experiencing it? What's happening here? What do I need to change? Or maybe I just need to be with it instead of trying to change it. Maybe I just need to be with it so that I can let it go. So that it can change its form without me having to force a change or wanting it to be different. If I can accept this moment right now. How would things change around me? How would I speak to myself? How would I think about others? How would I resolve conflict? How would my boundaries look? How would I feel? It's such an important question and a simple one, but again, it's not easy because when we are emotionally reactive, it's really difficult to come back to center, to come back to what's important, and to come back to what's true. But it's totally accessible to you. It's totally possible. And if you ever want help with it, I'm here. I got you. Just give me a shout. 
But that's not the point of this episode today. On that note, I think that's all I have for you for this week. So my invitation for you is to practice slowing down and allowing yourself to be with the guilt that you may feel in the moment when that happens or allowing yourself to be with the discomfort of the emotion, of the busy mind, of the anxiety instead of trying to find and apply different tools to change it. Often, the more we try to change something, the more it persists. Or the more we resist things, the more it persists. It's such a simple invitation, just be with what is. But in practice, as you'll find, simple does not mean easy. And that's why we call it a practice. That's it for this week. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expand and impact. Mm-hmm.